0: On the record, with Gavin Riley brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Um, still a lot of replies coming in contesting the idea that Robert Troy uh, may have gotten away with things or may have been in the centre of slightly less controversy had all of this happened in August Somebody else says it was right that he went wrong was done Why are Leo Varadkar and Simon Coveney never held accountable for allowing these things to happen? Why are the Finnegal so lame and they never take any action says that person uh, Somebody else says no the story would not have been any different Budget talks and pay talks might have drowned it all out but Sinn Féin would likely have put down a note confidence motion in him even if he was only a junior minister and somebody else says they weren't sure how to answer the poll that we had earlier on because Troy Story as it's been called online was 11 years of shenanigans and misinterpretations in the making and it's appalling whatever month it was broken by the reporters at the ditch Uh, somebody else queries of the idea about running a poll about August in August which is a a reasonable argument. Uh, do keep your thoughts coming. 53106 for your texts on the record NT is our hashtag. We learned this week of a new record number of people in homeless accommodation, 10,568. It's a new record which surpasses the previous peak that was set in August or in October rather of 2019. Uh, we're joined in studio by Ona O'Brien, the Sinn Fein spokesperson on housing. Um Ona what could have been done differently to avoid this?
1: A number of things. Um, the first is Dara Byrne should not have ended the ban on evictions uh, uh, April of last year. Uh, Since that uh, decision by the minister, uh, homelessness has increased 26% and child homelessness has increased by a shocking 43%. You remember Owen Murphy, when he was minister, introduced the COVID-19 ban on evictions in 2020 uh, and it resulted in about a 60 to 70% drop off uh, in homeless presentations and therefore single people and families with children emergency accommodation. However, a ban on evictions is only a temporary measure and uh, while the government urgently needs to reintroduce it now, it is only a short term measure. The the really big problem here and the central cause of of the rise in homelessness is the failure of government to deliver an adequate supply of social housing, both the last government and the current government. And whereas previously governments relied then on the private rental sector to take up the slack through the failure of social housing supply, as we know, the private rental sector now is contracting and therefore it's no longer able to do that. Mm. So there are a number of other measures I've been calling on the Minister to take for about a year. The first is to accelerate what's called the tenant in situ scheme. This is where a local authority buys the property uh, uh, where a haparaz tenant is in situ and they have a notice to quit. I meet a lot of landlords. They're very, very keen to sell those properties to the local authority because they don't want to make the family homeless. But the local authorities previously weren't allowed by them. They are now, but they're very slow. Uh, and the So second like previously thing is, they,
0: they weren't allowed to step in yeah, and buy the so property th- if th- it was put up for sale?
1: There was a tenant and purchase, uh, tenant and scheme in place for a very long time. Now it's subject to conditions. The price has to be a certain property. It has to meet certain standards. The tenant has had to live in it for a certain period of time and be on the social housing list. Uh, uh, Owen Murphy uh, bizarrely ended that at the latter end of 2019, early 2020. Dar O'Brien has only reintroduced it uh, under huge pressure from ourselves and homeless campaigners and obviously the homeless numbers themselves, but it's very slow Um, and for example I was talking to a landlord only recently who's had a tenant for nine or ten years, they were in Ballyfermot, uh, had a really good relationship with the tenant, obviously had decided to sell up, that's fine, Mm. uh, approached the council uh, and was hit with crazy hurdles. So the tenant in situ scheme is absolutely key. The other really important thing, however, is the government needs to both increase and accelerate the delivery of social housing. The single biggest delay in social housing delivery at the moment is the level of bureaucracy imposed by the Department of Housing and the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform on local authorities and approved housing bodies. We what have sort of bureaucracy? Because
0: w- one would think, without knowing too much about what they're required to do, one would think that when they're spending a pretty large amount of public money on the provision of housing, that there should be a certain amount of checks and balances there, and processes to go through.
1: There absolutely should be. Um, uh, the problem, however, is if you imp- apply too much micromanaging that actually delays the project and at a time when construction sector inflation is rising that increases the cost. So we're seeing social housing projects unnecessarily delayed for over two years before construction even starts because for example the Department of Housing wants value for money exercises done when we know what the best value for money exercise uh, would do or we're seeing micromanagement how do you know what's the
0: best value for money before you've done an exercise to confirm it?
1: Because we have the, the last two, three or four years of costings from the different types of projects so the most cost effective way for local authorities to deliver social housing is the direct delivery on their own land through what's called part-day planning permissions with contractors from private building contractors. In my own constituency, for example, outline planning permission was agreed by elected members back in 2018 for 250 social and affordable homes in Clonburys. Uh, but rather than just letting the local authority then move to detailed planning permission and go out to tender for a contractor, a value for money exercise was required that delayed the project by 18 months. And what happened? Value for money so, exercise said yeah. what should have happened so, in the first place. So you place. think that
0: basically there are learnings from one project that you can apply to other circumstances without having to go back to to the drawing board in each time.
1: What I'm saying is if you listen to the people who deliver social housing Mm. every day, they are our directors of housing and our local authorities. What they will tell you is, and I agree with them from experience, there is far too much bureaucracy applied by central government departments Mm. and local authorities. That's not to say we shouldn't have checks and balances, but we know roughly the cost of building a house. It's not like building, for example, a wastewater treatment plant in Ringsend or a hospital. It's It's relatively straightforward. Yes, there have to be checks. There are. There are cost ceilings. Local authorities can't go above those in any regard. But to get back to the main point, uh, what we need at this stage from Dara O'Brien is a set of emergency interventions. We know notices to quit are increasing. We know 60% of notices to quit are because landlords, particularly accidental and pension pot landlords, Mm -hmm. as I call them, are selling up. That means that the figures that we've seen uh, released on Friday are going to increase month on month. We are going to be here before the end of the year if nothing else changes with an official homeless figure of 11,000 plus, something we never thought imaginable. So we need emergency interventions now. The ban on evictions with a few exceptions. Uh, the tenant in situ scheme we also need uh, uh, the uh, department to take on board legislation that I passed uh, through the Oireachtas without government opposition last year whereby local authorities would have a legal obligation uh, uh, 60 days in advance of a notice to quit to put in place a homeless prevention plan Yeah,
0: yeah this currently, is the, with the Simon Communities author bill we had Stanley here talking about it before C-
1: yeah. Currently uh, and it was the Simon Communities who drafted the mm-hmm. legislation and we introduced it and in fairness to government they didn't oppose it but they haven't done anything with it if you have a notice to quit today mm. it, whether you're a social housing Uh, uh, housing support uh, uh, applicant or not, the local authority will do nothing for you until the day you have to be out of the property. And at the moment, for example, in Dublin, emergency accommodation is full every night. I'm dealing with a family at the moment in Clendalkin, along with my constituency colleague, Mark Ward. They had to be out of the property on uh, Friday uh, with a legitimate notice to quit. There was no emergency accommodation on Friday, not only in <laughs> Dublin, but in the commuter belt, nor Saturday, nor Sunday. They're now legally, illegally overholding because of a lack of emergency accommodation. So, for me, the worst thing about Friday was not just the figures. Daryl Bryan ran for cover. Darrow Bryan didn't come out as the minister responsible for this portfolio and say, OK, folks, things have now got so bad. Here are the emergency interventions we're going to make. We've mm. offered them a series of measures. Other uh, uh, okay. uh, mm. players, such as... Focus Ireland, some communities mm. of Ireland, Peter McVerry have offered others. We need an emergency response and we need it now.
0: Um, not to, to, to negate any of what you just said there, but the number of commencement notices that our Brian will point to quite regularly and say, well, they're, they're, they're on the rise. There are, there are more properties now actually being developed and built than there have been for quite a long time. So you would argue that actually, but well, that, that's quite a lot of the, the back being broken on a solution to this.
1: But the problem is, first of all, the overwhelming majority of those commencement notices are private sector commencements, and many of them are very, very high end, whether they're built to rent or, or purchase. So they won't do anything for people who are currently getting notices to quit at the middle of the bottom end of the rental market. Social housing is
0: Nothing can help the people at the bottom if if there is a finite supply of housing right now.
1: Two things. First of all, social housing is key. uh, And the problem is, as of the end of the first quarter of this year, the latest figures we have, uh, the government had only produced 17% of social housing uh, that's meant to produce this year, way, way below target. They missed their targets last year and the year before, partly due to COVID, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. I'll say that, but also because of the bureaucratic uh, uh, logjams that I mentioned as well. And therefore, we need to see that acceleration of social housing delivery. The second thing is, I think government does need to start looking at, particularly for for uh, tenants in the private rental sector who aren't eligible for social housing because mm. they're also becoming homeless. Well, this minutes. is what I
0: wanted to ask you because if you had a tenant issue scheme, that would be all well and good if they were a, ra- a RAS Absolutely. or a HAP tenant. But if you are just a private sector tenant who is able to Absolutely. just about pay your own rent, you don't get any state supports and then the landlord says, well, you know, property speak, I'm selling, good yeah. luck. So I think... What's uh, your help for them?
1: At this stage, I think government needs to start looking at are there schemes that can be put in place to assist those tenants to purchase those properties uh, and are there supports or, or inducements for landlords uh, to encourage them to do so. Some of that, for example, could be simply about putting in a scheme uh, to assist those tenants to purchase. It could be looking at the idea of a rent to buy option. It's something we've been talking about for a while. So I do think given the urgency of the situation, in some senses, large number of landlords are leaving and they're leaving. We're not going to be able to keep them to stay. If you're an accidental landlord who uh, either because of, for example, negative equity or inheritance, yeah. you took on you're a property on that yeah. you never wanted to be a landlord, mm. you're selling up now. If you're a pension pot landlord, somebody who bought that second property during the Celtic Tiger uh, in order to get the kind of the capital gain of the lump sum for your pension pot, yeah. you're selling. And it doesn't matter what government does, you're going to sell.
0: Just by the so, way, have you heard the same as I've heard, which is that there are more and more landlords doing that now because they think that the market is about to peak or that they think that there is a recession on the way, the property is going to fall and they want to get out at the top of the market. Have you heard that too?
1: I I talk to a lot of landlords, both the representative organisations, but also landlords in the constituency. Um, And landlords contact me a lot, particularly after I do shows like this. Uh, And we need to remember the different kinds of landlords. The accidentals are going, the pension pot landlords are going. There are professional landlords in the marketplace at the moment, for example. um, And it's not that they're not making a return, but they say, and they've been on this show before, they're very aggrieved at the fact that different rules apply to them in terms of tax and, mm. and rent pressure zones yeah. than apply to the institutional investors and that's true. But the reality is landlords who are leaving are leaving and we need government to work with opposition others to say whether they're tenants who are social housing tenants or tenants who aren't, what can we do to ensure that those tenants can remain in those properties either by acquiring the properties uh, as private homeowners mm. Or as, for example, affordable cost rental uh, or social housing tenancies.
0: If they were available or if they had the means to buy a property, then would they'd already probably wouldn't be tenants right now. So they, they, like, the idea that, OK, if you're a private t- tenant and you've got a notice to quit and the landlord's getting out, like this idea that you're, you're supposing that maybe there might be some solution that could help them to buy the home. But if they were capable of buying a home... They probably would be already, wouldn't
1: they? Sure. Although what some people have been arguing, uh, and I think this is worth looking at, uh, it, it's not a policy proposal that Sinn Féin has made, but it's something other people have suggested, and, and I'm currently looking at it. Is a, is 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 a a, a rent to own scheme? Uh, they existed in the past. So, for example, we have people at the moment who are renting and they're paying a thousand to fifteen hundred euros a month, mm. way more than if they were paying a mortgage, but they can't get a mortgage. Is there a a rent to buy scheme uh, possible? Could such a thing be designed that would give those people the option to acquire the property? So I I just think we need to be creative at the moment and uh, the crucial point about this is because there's an awful lot of rubbish being written in some of the papers, not by journalists in fairness but by some commentators. You know, our problem at the moment isn't necessarily landlords, right? Landlords didn't cause this crisis. Our problem isn't Uh, tenants our problem is bad government policy that for decades has underinvested in delivery both social and affordable housing that has over relied on the private sector and the private rental sector Mm. the chickens are now coming home to roost and we need an emergency response by Mm. government with a range of measures but we need it now and if Mm. government thinks they can just continue uh, with business as usual what is going Mm. to happen is month on month I'm going to be in the studio with you you're going to be asking me the same questions why is homelessness increasing and what can we do to stop it
0: but in the short term even if if the doll if the government collapsed tomorrow and there was a general election in a month's time and Sinn Féin won an overall majority and you were the Minister for Housing at the start of October it would take years to bring uh, the social housing stock up to a level that you think is appropriate so in the meantime you're clearly going to want to find some other means to inflate the amount of housing that the state has at its disposal isn't that inevitably going to mean Sinn Féin relying on buying turnkey properties for social housing and therefore actually squeezing out other people, people who don't want to be beneficiaries of social or affordable housing, people who just want to own their own homes and you're going to be competing with them in the market to buy them for social housing.
1: No, because we wouldn't just use turnkeys for social or affordable rental. We'd also use them for affordable purchase. And affordable purchase would be available to eighty to eighty-five percent of the working population.
0: One of the mistakes, but you're still going to be has... competing in the market with those people.
1: No, because because they might what's... not want to
0: buy it through. If you are going, in, if you are buying a new development or a whole stock of new heads that are just being freshly developed right now, you want to buy them because you want to make them available through an affordable purchase scheme you are competing with other people who want to buy them right now and not have to go through state bureaucracy.
1: What's what's important to understand with turnkeys, the overwhelming majority of turnkeys, you don't purchase them when they're completed. So therefore, you're not competing on the open market. Most turnkeys are are agreements that are made either between the local authority and the approved housing body with the developer before the development is even on site. So, for example, we're hearing at the moment that there's a lot of private developers who are going to finish out the developments on site this year, but they're not going to commence developments next year because of uncertainty with Mm -hmm. construction costs and and labour costs. What the state should be doing right now is going to those developers and saying, OK, do you have sites that you're not going to commence next year? Yes, they'll say. Okay, can we strike an agreement with you that we acquire those sites? We build them out. So that's housing that wouldn't otherwise get built out. But unlike current government policy, which reserves those for social housing, we would make them available for a mixture of social, affordable rental and affordable purchase. Mm. And what that would actually mean is the purchasers would be purchasing them at a more affordable price because of the way in which the schemes would be designed. So it's not that turnkeys are the answer. We need our local authorities to be delivering far more of their own projects. But there is a role for turnkeys so long as those turnkeys are made available, not only for social, much needed as it is, but affordable rental at genuinely affordable prices an affordable purchase at January affordable prices. The
0: exodus of landlords aside, there is still one other issue which is that even those who are going to remain in the tenancy market because they're people who aren't in the circumstances to buy or maybe people who just don't want to buy, um, they are still going to be looking at rent, which is, as it stands now, I think everyone would agree, unsustainably high as it stands. What would Sinn Féin do to actually lower The price of rent. I know that you're going to talk about the tax credit that you have where you get the equivalent of one month back, but actually just reduce the headline amount so that rent is not two grand for a one bedroom apartment in Dublin, for example. What are you going to do to make it cheaper?
1: So the, the, the refundable tax credit is really important because it is the easiest and quickest way to do that, and we would. But
0: it bakes in a high baseline level. It, so it, how do you bring it down?
1: It does accept. If you take, for example, where I rent, and I'm one of those renters who chooses to rent, uh, 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 I'm an average renter that pays uh, for two bed a two bed house in Clondalkin Village, uh, just over a thousand euros a month okay so the first thing is there are very very large numbers of rental units out there that are below the headline levels yes. the headline levels mm. are the entry level rents the refundable
0: but tax But your landlord credit, could decide to sell up pretty soon as the, well I think you'd be the, out oh, in the same market oh, as everyone else
1: oh, 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 Hopefully not for my own sake but however so the first thing is that refundable tax credit is really important because it puts a month's mm. rent back in every renter's pocket Which Obviously, means they
0: can afford high rent which well, doesn't brings us it back it to al- the problem
1: It also means they have money in their pockets to spend in the local economy We would also introduce a three year ban on rent increases for all new and existing tenancies For me actually the single most important thing you could do is this. A lot of people don't realise that a third of all private rental tenancies, 100,000 tenancies, are social housing tenants living in Hapras or rent supplement tenancies subsidised by the state. So a huge amount of the demand uh, for uh, private rental tenancies is is social housing tenants. They don't want to be in the private rental sector. They shouldn't be there. And therefore, if we were to deliver far greater volumes of social housing and year on year reduce the state's reliance on, on private rental sector subsidised social housing tenancies, that would then release stock in and that would put downward pressure uh, uh, on on demand. And I actually think that would be the single most important thing. Would that take a number of years to flush through? Mm. Yes, it would. Could you do it in one term? Um, I, I, you couldn't reduce the 100,000 in one term but even if you got 5, 10, 15, 20,000 of those down while you were increasing the supply not only of okay. social housing right. but affordable cost rental we would deliver 4,000 affordable cost rental homes every year over right. those five okay. years. Those are the kind of measures that you need.
0: I'm afraid we are completely out of time. Owner Brain TD for Dublin Midwest and Sinn Féin Housing Spokesperson. Thanks very much.
1: On the Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Combining talent and technology, we're hardwired to find solutions. It all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.